0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson. And today, we got another special edition of the pod for you guys. Starting it off with my buddy on the other side of the microphone, my co-host, as always, the heart of the wrestling fan base himself. Say hello to the people, Angelo.
1: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of your favorite wrestling podcast
0: that is correct and as always we have a good friend with us today you know him well he's been on many many times before say hello to good brother adam
2: hello yeah back-to-back episodes like a michael's in the rumble
0: (laughs) and he's gonna go from number one that's for sure that's for true all right anyway so we're gonna get into it today we have a very interesting topic and it's kind of timely. Uh, considering just recently Impact Wrestling celebrated 1,000 episodes of TV. It's been in over 20 years of the company's existence, and they recently celebrated 1,000 episodes at a TV taping in our hometown of me and Angelo, that is. Uh, and uh, I was in attendance. I was lucky enough to be there for the taping, so uh, kind of sparked this idea. I know Angelo and especially Adam are big TNA heads from back in the day, so I thought it was fitting that has Impact recently celebrated their historic milestone uh, that we talk about Impact Wrestling. I feel like here on the pod we talk an awful lot about WWE and AEW and to an extent New Japan Pro Wrestling. But feel like Impact has really re-established themselves in recent years with some really solid, consistent content. And I can assure you that if you didn't check out Impact's Victory Road as well as their two-night special of Impact 1000... Uh, It's a must-must watch. Go back and watch some great talent they got going on over there and some great stuff to come. I'm assuring you of that if you are a fan of solid wrestling with entertaining stories that isn't as over-the-top and highly uh, produced as WWE and AEW. But anyway, today we're going to take a look at the four main championships in the history of TNA Impact Wrestling. Uh, Just a little bit of background. Before TNA had their own sets of titles, for the first five years or so of its existence, it was in a working relationship with the NWA where their world and tag team titles were actually uh, frequently featured on Impact Television, TNA at the time, Television. Uh, And then in 2007, that arrangement ended Uh, And Impact Wrestling created their own versions of the world and tag team titles, uh, as well as their own women's title known as the Knockouts World Championship to go along with their homegrown title, the X Division Championship. What does all this mean? Well, today we're going to take a look at those four titles, the X Division title, the tag titles, the women, the Knockouts title, and the Impact Wrestling World Championship. And we are each going to rank our top five of each of those championships. So our top five holders of them, we're going to give our reasoning for why they're there, why they place where they do, and, you know, kind of recap some of the greatest of the great to ever step foot in a TNA Impact Wrestling ring. Uh, Yes, the NWA versions of the TNA, of the World and Tag Team titles do count for this. So from that five-year period, if someone held those titles under the Impact banner, they do count. However, once that... Uh, partnership ended in 07 those titles no longer count because impact had their own versions and yes as well the gfw global force wrestling little weird time period also does technically count i don't know how much of that period is going to be considered in a greatest of impact wrestling list because that period of time was uh, let's be honest not great but it is eligible as well anything from those times so we are going to get started with the NWA TNA Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championships and of course these are titles that are held by some of the most well-known tag teams in the history of the business, some of whom did make it to WWE together and others who are Impact Wrestling standards and stalwarts for years but never made it to a major promotion and I think it's going to be a really interesting dive into the history of the tag team division in Impact which has always been for the most part one of their more prominently featured divisions. And so I am going to give our guest of honor today, Adam, the opportunity to get it started. Adam, who is your your top five tag team champions of all time, starting at number five and working your way up to number one?
2: All right. Let's get it started. At number five, I have the, uh, the American Wolves, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, right? Now, this is a tag team that initially started out in Ring of Honor. You know, they traded, you know... Really good teammates and even good competitors. And they, when they came into TNA in 2014 as like enforcers for MVP, which is a thing that happened, um, they quickly won the titles from the uh, the greatest tag team of all time, obviously, the Bromans of Robbie e., Jesse Goddards. But um, they came in at a time where I felt the tag division was really lacking. Obviously, there was no Motor City Machine Guns or more beer money, which we'll get to later. And they came in at a right time. It really rejuvenated the uh, the tag division, and I think for what's considered a downtime within the promotion's history, they were definitely a bright spot within it, right? Um, and at number four, we have Team 3D, my main man Bully Ray and brother Devon. Um, they were, uh, you know, a very prominent team, one of the bigger signings to come out of 2005. I want to say it was. And obviously, they had many reigns, a lot of memorable feuds with a lot of tag teams that I'll I'll mention later. And they were just really reliable because obviously they had that attitude Era, era notoriety that came along with that era, especially since they were super over with the crowd. They just, you know, and obviously they couldn't go by the Dudley boys. So they just went with Team 3D, which I think many fans will even refer to them to this day because of how big they were, especially during the peak of TNA, which. Arguably, it was like 2005 to about the Hogan era. You know, they were very consistent. They were very over the crowd, and no matter what they did, they still had a prominent position in the card. No matter which year of the company you would look into. And for the tertiary spot, third place, I have LAX specifically, um, Homicide and Hernandez, not so T- Santana Ortiz. Different team. I don't rock with them. Um, LAX is. Arguably one of the more recognizable, like homegrown teams from TNA because you had Homicide, who, if you were a fan of Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor at that time was you know one of the one of the better wrestlers. He was really oh wow, sorry, I had a bit of a mix up there. He was incredibly over. He even beat Brian Danielson for the Ring of Honor title at one point. So when they brought him in to team with Sean Hernandez, who for years was just a background character, really just revolutionized the tag division, um, particularly in a time where other companies just weren't doing that you know you a good example is if you look at their you know lockdown matches with styles and daniels they were just running the joint particularly with just with the raw charisma that came alongside of it especially since it wasn't really something you saw in mid-2000s wrestling i guess the only apt comparison would be like teams like lundrick and uh, the mexico if we're looking at it from a wwe standpoint but The dynamic of the little man, big man um, dynamic that Hernandez and Homicide had really just complemented each other incredibly well. And it was just more so lightning in a bottle. For my second spot, I have um, Beer Money, Robert Roode and James Storm. Now, Now, this is a team that if anyone was watching TNA in the late 2000s, early 2010s, they would just say this is the best tag team of, you know, in the world at that time, because obviously you had James Storm's gimmick of being a cowboy reminiscent of his Americans' wanted days. And then you had um, Robert Roode or Bobby Roode, depending on which year we're talking here, had the, um, you know, the whole stockbroker, like like almost faux pas JBL thing going on. So when they came together, it was really just um, just a microcosm of just pure talent because both wrestlers extremely talented. And they just complement each other very well. The DWI is honestly my favorite tag team finisher of all time. You know, the suplex into the powerbomb neckbreaker combo is just, it's just the best. And even now, even if you look towards the later years of TNA, they would just continue to run the joint no matter what. They were always like that safe option, almost like a Hardy voice in WWE example. But um, for my number one spot for the tag teams uh, was... And this comes to the shock of absolutely nobody. It's the Motor City Machine Guns. Now, the Motor City Machine Guns is obviously like a safe pick, if you will, because Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin were, first off, incredibly good, you know, singles competitors in their own rights. Obviously, Alex Shelley is the current world champion. Chris Sabin is the current X Division champion. And the lasting legacy these two guys had on just tag team wrestling in, in general is just is almost too, almost an understatement because you have teams that would come later and like in their business, like the Young Bucks, for instance. And you know they they had that high paced style that not many teams were doing at that time because obviously this was a post Lundrick era, and the Hardy Boys were obviously doing whatever the hell they were doing at that point. And the the machine guns just really encapsulated what it meant. It really just encapsulated what TNA was, total nonstop action. You would watch any of their matches, and it was just like from bell to bell, just off the wall. They were technically sound. They were high flyers. They were charismatic. They were over with the crowd. They were everything you wanted, the, the bunch what you wanted in a tag team. And what's crazy is that within their initial run, they only ever really held the uh, tag titles once, which it's just criminal. Like, obviously, they had more reigns down the line, but if you look back at that theory, they only really had one title reign, which, considering the impact and how fondly they were remembered upon, you would think they would have, like, five, six title reigns. So, that's just my list.
0: Very interesting list, and I think we can start comparing notes once everybody's revealed theirs, because I'm sure we'll have, all have comments on each other's, but I I really like that um, that number two choice of beer money and and their reasoning for it. Absolutely agree on all of those points. Uh, but Angelo, you're up my friend. What are your top five tag team title reigns in the history of TNA impact wrestling from five to number one.
1: All right. So my list is a little bit similar to Adams, I guess you could say, but, um, it's also a little bit different. Uh, starting at number five, we have the American wolves, uh, much so like what Adam said, you know, they came in at a time where Impact really had no tag team competition. Like, you know, all you had was the bro and I think it was even, what um, was in 2014, James Storm had his little faction going on. And the Dirty uh, Heels. And the Dirty Heels, yes. You also had them as the tag team again. Um, but yeah, there weren't many tag teams to, I guess, hold the titles and try to help elevate them to a status where they were in the mid two thousands. So the wolves, that's my fifth pick, uh, to start off this list, uh, coming in at number four was the original LAX, Tom, the Hernandez. Um, when they held the tag titles, they held them in the most dominant fashion, I think. And they face off against multiple tag teams, uh, There were matches that I saw, you know, even though, even if I didn't see them live, like as a kid, like there were matches that I would just watch on YouTube and watch recaps of. And it's like they faced teams like AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, who um, they look like they were going to win the titles right from LAX, but they didn't. And they just put on so many different bangers of matches. Um, You know, they definitely were a staple in the mid two thousands for TNA as, as a tag team and as tag team champions. So that's why I put them in my list, especially at number four. Uh, number three, this one's going to probably come a little bit as a shock, but I do have the team of Josh Alexander and Ethan page, the North, um, coming in, you know, the late, the later, like the later years of TNA, Most recent um, They are the longest reigning TNA Impact whatever you want to call it World tag team champions at 380 days That says something as a tag team for me Because like you would think that A company Most companies I don't feel like value Tag team wrestling properly Like they just put the straps On people and they want To make them stars but They don't want to make them Single stars all the time Like that was a thing that was always I feel like prominent in Wrestling mainly in WWE Was you put the straps on them You know especially in the early years And then there's always one of them that Outshines the other And the North For the time that they were tag team champions Even a little bit after They still remained as a tag team And they still held That uh, That standard for tag team wrestling so for me, they take up the third spot in the top five uh, in TNA Impact World Tag Team Championship list. Uh, number two, I have beer money also. James Storm, Bobby slash Robert Roode, whatever you want to call them. Um, they're a huge staple tag team in TNA Impact history. They're definitely one team that, much like what Adam said, like two different Characters, but they paired so well together, and they face off in so many different matches against other really credible teams, and they just they're. I feel like they're one of the definitions of pure tag team wrestling. You know, you look at teams like Edge and Christian or the Hardys or even the Dudley Boys, and up there, I feel like Beer Money should be should be up there with them, in my opinion. So. For them to come in at number two That's pretty uh, th- For me that's pretty uh, awesome Number one This one's probably going to be a little <laughs> A little weird but I have uh, James Storm and uh, Oh my god I'm drawing a blank At his, uh, his tag team partner And American okay. I wanted there you Chris go. Harris yep there we go Oh my god <laughs> The wildcat <laughs> man How could you forget the wildcat Oh, that's Brandon Walker You do I'm games. just like Holy crap <laughs> Um Yeah the Cowboy and Wildcat You know You can't go wrong with them Especially me Number one Because They're I think TNA TNA's most Notable tag team Because of how long They were together And how many reigns They had with the tag team titles Uh th- Throughout the years And stuff And They're just they're just an incredible pairing. Like their their gimmick was probably one of the best that I've ever seen as a wrestling fan. So for that reason, they're they're my number one on the tag team side.
0: What is
2: this man really just neglected the Motor City machine guns and I'm offended, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So interesting interesting like I said we're, we're gonna get into it we're gonna get into it but uh I'm gonna get into mine as well um I had a uh honorable mention list for each of my four titles that we're gonna go through today so um just to name them I'm not gonna go into depth but my three honorable mentions were the OG LAX X, and the American Wolves those are my three honorable mentions We're going to get into number five for me, and I am going to go where Angelo just finished with America's Most Wanted, the Wildcat, Chris Harris, and the Cowboy, James Storm. Uh, I think the reasoning that their impact, no pun intended, on TNA over the years is so significant is because they were the first great tag team. They were the first great duo to ever step into a impact wrestling ring. And that is saying a lot because they've had a great, a great number of teams that have come through over the years since, um, that being said, uh, six time NWA world's tag team champions. Uh, I mean, they, they define tag team wrestling in the early to mid two thousands for TNA. So, uh, their, their continued remembrance in the business and as a duo, uh, will be forever important to TNA's lore and hence why they were a part of impact 1000 because they were able to relive some of the glory days, if you will. So they are my number five at number four, similar to what Angelo also had referenced these guys as well. uh, Josh Alexander and Ethan page, the North former two time impact wrestling world tag team champions. And a lot of that is based off of their one year reign with those tag team titles, 380 days, uh, back in 2019 and into 2020, which they took the titles off of Santana and Ortiz at Bash at the Brewery in 2019, and they lost them at a taping to the Motor City Machine Guns, who we'll get to again later. Uh, the North uh, really redefined tag team wrestling and brought it back to prominence and impact, which I feel like it needed. Now, um, present day, I don't know if they're as important as they even were in that title reign, but Josh Alexander is someone who's got uh, two longest reigning world uh, championships to his uh, credit and impact the tag titles with Ethan page and um, the world title, which we'll probably talk about in some way later. But uh, it's go it goes to show without a question that uh, the North were really highly valued and they put on some really great matches during a time where impact was obviously um, <clears throat> not at the most pr- prominent in their time frame and and in the eyes of the rest of the world. And um, heading into the pandemic as well, so they did a really great job of of being the highlight of what wasn't always a highlight-filled show. And I don't want that to be uh, misconstrued as that they were you know the best of a bad situation. They were really really good, and that's why they're on my list at number at number four. At number three, we're gonna circle back to James Storm once again. James Storm, uh, as as um, we've heard about plenty of times, has been one of the more um, well-known and beloved uh, tag team wrestlers in Impact Wrestling, and we're going to go to Beer Money. Beer Money was another team that seemed to have been thrown together at first, um, and the concept of it was a little hard to see, but soon after, you really learn why, and as a duo, they won the World Tag Team titles together five times. And again, kind of carrying over that success that was created by America's Most Wanted, they then brought it into a new era of TNA, uh, feuding with the likes of the of Team 3D and the Motor City Machine Guns, Generation Me, among others. And uh, I just don't think that they get enough credit sometimes. Everybody always looks at America's Most Wanted as the most impl- uh, influential team in TNA history, but beer money was amazing. And as you said, that DWI finisher, just chef's kiss of how fantastic they really, really were. So uh, without question, they are uh, my personal favorite um, duo of James Storm and Robert Roode because he had a couple of other partners as well. Um, But moving along to my number two is going to take us back to the Motor City Machine Guns. The Guns... Um, as Adam said, they had only won tag title reign during their initial run in Impact, and I think that's a cry shame. But it also speaks to the level of talent in the tag team pool at that time. There's a lot of great tag teams vying for the gold, and it's hard to get your hands on the gold when that's the case. But nonetheless, they really did a great job of making an impact, again, no pun intended, and really succeeding Uh, despite their size and disadvantage to just about everybody they faced. Uh, I still remember their matches with Generation Me and Team 3D as some of my most favorite and most enjoyable matches that TNA had put on back in the mid to late 2000s and early 2010s before they went uh, off to the Indies and Ring of Honor. And then they returned to Impact in 2020 uh, during the heralded uh, uh, Slammiversary pay-per-view that uh, was just one of the most <laughs> hyped-up shows of the of its, of its year, considering the uh, pandemic and it was Impact's big chance to sign all the WWE releases that had been made three months prior. And the Guns have since won two more tag team titles and are stalwarts in the division and in the lore of Impact's tag division. But for me, number one, uh, I mean, and, and as if there could really be any... Um, any other team who is, in my opinion, the number one tag team, if not not just in the history of TNA Impact Wrestling, but arguably of all time, and that is Team 3D, Brother Ray and Brother Devon. Uh, Brother Ray and Brother Devon, obviously formerly known as the Dudley Boys, are the most decorated tag team in the history of professional wrestling in terms of the amount of championships they've won. Besides their time in Impact, they were eight-time ecw tag team champions two-time iwgp tag team champions they were also eight-time wwe uh, world tag team champions one-time wcw tag team champions one-time wwe tag team champions all of that not in their time in impact wrestling you want to focus on their time in impact wrestling well they were Two-time TNA World Tag Team Champions, as well as the inaugural winners of it. They also held the NWA version once as well. Now, it might not seem like they held as many of the tag team titles as some others on this list, like Beer Money and uh, America's Most Wanted, who held uh, five and six respectively. But Team 3D were the signing for Impact that really put them on the map in their first few years they had some big names obviously jeff jarrett founded the company uh jeff hardy who wasn't as big of a name was there some other guys you know macho man randy savage had made one appearance you know there was some notoriety but when team 3d left wwe and came to tna it changed everything and it led to a swarm of guys following behind i think the next biggest being kurt angle but yeah without question uh the arrival of team 3d was an instant impact and an instant freshening to a division that had already so many great uh hands so team 3d in my opinion is is the greatest tag team in the uh, history of the tna tag team titles and in the top three uh tag teams of all time and that is my top five and now we'll take a chance to kind of share notes on each other's lists Either of you guys got anything you'd like to say yeah. about each other?
2: I mean, obviously, I we all have different, um, like you know, number ones, which I think is really good. I think it just speaks to the volume of how many good tag teams are have been in TNA, and even ones that we haven't we didn't even mention in the list at all, like the Hardys or the British Invasion or even Triple X, of which I know was in your honorable mention. But still, it's like I don't know. I feel like TNA came out. So TNA did a lot of things good and has done a lot of things also bad. I feel like one of the main constants was they've always had an, a, a terrific um, tag division.
0: Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree on that. They've definitely always put a lot of stock in their tag division and that's kind of been their saving grace in the bad times and their PDA resistance in the best of times. Um, and Very rarely did we ever see the tag division take a back seat. I, I really do think that um, they did a really good job for a majority of their 22, 21-year history of keeping things fresh and keeping things um, deep deep in terms of stories in the tag division. Uh, Maybe a few-year period where it kind of shrunk off a little bit, but I really like what they've done with it for a very long time. Uh, I will say um, the lack of the Motor City Machine Guns and Angelo in your list was just...
2: Oh, that's shocking. what
0: I'm saying. It was shocking to me, man. I, 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 all the teams you named are 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 worthy of the conversation. I'm not saying that, but the guns, man. That they they they're TNA royalty.
2: Man, like what's your what's your beef with Detroit, dude? God damn!
0: <laughs> you don't want to know what Detroit did to me, all right? All right, all right. Well, <laughs> we, we won't get into Detroit. Detroit's not the best place to go visit, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, <laughs> nonetheless we will we will digress um yeah so that is tna's tag team championship division and now we're going to move on to tna's original og championship their homegrown talent their homegrown title and the title that's created more buzz than any other in the history of the company. We are talking about the X Division Championship. (laughs) Essentially, their mid-card title, it was a hybrid of a mid-card and cruiserweight title that really, truly revolutionized wrestling in a way that the cruiserweight division in WWE was failing to do, and it might not have been as impactful as the cruiserweight division in WCW a few years prior, but it was its own perfect blend of high-flying octane action and big name star power and over the years we've had so many great x division champions so i'm really excited to see your guys list adam okay. once again the floor is yours for the x division championship
2: okay so right off of the bat um the, um just for some honorable mentions because i doubt you did put one for the x division is uh, frankie kazarian and michael shane or matt bentley depending on who you are but um you know, these are two guys that you know within the early years of the company really held it down, and obviously Kazarian went on to uh, have a more illustrious career in comparison to Matt Bentley, but you know, still worth the mention. Anywho, my number five is the the ace of Team Canada, Mister Destroyer himself, Petey Williams. Um, because. Pete Williams came at a time where it's like you know the exhibition was really just getting into the swing of things and especially since his finisher the infamous Canadian Destroyer which is almost like like a go-to move for half of the industry at this point was really a pioneer with that he was a natural heel especially being positioned as the top guy in Team Canada with Scott D'Amour. Um and yeah I feel like especially if you watch his matches with AJ Styles and Victory Road 2004, that the first time anyone has ever hit a Panama Sunrise was actually done by Kitty Williams. And I think the matches he put on with Styles and Saban and, on you know, Amazing Red, I feel like he's definitely a sleeper pick, but a solid pick nevertheless for uh, number five. At number four, we have Double A, Mr. I'm a no uh Starship pain, uh, Mr. Austin
0: Aries. Oh, God.
2: Um yeah say what you want about the guy you know obviously he suffers from the senshi syndrome of just being a douche but you can't um, take away his uh, contributions to the X division you know as he was the pioneer for option C obviously he was the one who beat who was at the longest training at the time you know Bobby Roode for the world title, but that's a separate conversation. He really elevated the X division title to like a more desirable position because it had been stagnating for a couple of years at that point. Now, I feel like the champion was before him was Brian Kendrick, which if that's your champion, that's indicative <laughs> of your division.
0: I mean, but um, and, uh, sidebar, I mean, it is indicative of your division, but going from Brian Kendrick to Austin Aries is more of a lateral than it is a forward pro- progressive, yeah. progressive pass. But I'll diverge, continue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, let me say But yeah, I feel like Because Austin Aries um, Initially he came into the company in 2006 in, as Under Austin awesome Star Under the severely underrated Paparazzi Productions Which was Kevin Nash Just goofing about with the X Division um, And then he left for a couple of years Did some Ring of Honor work Then came back which in, in a very underrated like tournament almost Where it was like The Fatal 4 It was like Jack Evans Austin Aries Jesse Sorensen and fourth name, but yeah, he beat Brian Kendrick because say what you want, Austin Aries is still a very prolific professional wrestler, and he's really good at what he does. The brainbuster, the last chancery, the four fifty man really had it all outside of that shitty beard. But yeah, I feel like he elevated the um, the title to um, unprecedented heights, considering what it had been in previous years. And my Third spot, speaking of unprecedented, we have main man Samoa Joe. Not to be, not to be confused with Roman Reigns, that's a different Samoa Joe, but main man Samoa Joe. Now, Samoa Joe it isn't really your typical divisioner. Obviously, he's more of the, of the heavyweight spectrum, but still, it's not about – there's no weight limits. There are no limits, as you know, has been repeated throughout the years. And Samoa Joe really brought that air of this is the workhorse belt. Because he came in, he was just wrecking shit left and right, he won the title, and then he was just a genuine threat. Nobody was safe from Samoa Joe in two thousand five, two thousand six. You just couldn't beat him. Right? Like he would go in, he would choke you out, he'd you know, beat you with the muscle buster, and he was basically equivalent to how Gunther's being booked right now in WWE, if you look back at his reign back then. Um and at my number two, you have um, the Ultra boy. For the X-Division, um, particularly within their earlier years, you have the phenomenal AJ Styles. AJ Styles was obviously the first X-Division champion beating um, Psychosis, I think, Senshi, Loki, and uh, Jerry Lynn in that elimination match. Uh, and he was just Mr. X-Division, you know? If you look back at those early um, Ultimate x spots and any X-Division match between 2002 to the latter half of 2007... AJ Styles was him. everyone talked like, oh, who's him in wrestling? If it was the exhibition back then, it was AJ Styles. Nobody could perform at the level that he does. You know? Nobody could just compete with him. If there was a bar, AJ Styles would have Fosberry flopped right over it. The bar. But yeah. <laughs> but the reason he's my number two is that AJ Styles for most of his career spent outside of the exhibition in the main event scene. And so that's why he's not my number one. My number one is ten-time champion, married to Velvet Sky, Mister Chris Sabin. Chris Sabin is a guy who has been with the company since day one, right? For the 21 years that TNA Impact, um, formerly known as GFW has been a company, Chris Sabin has been a part of it, and he is the current and ten-time exhibition champion. And I feel like such a longevity can't be um, unnoticed, right? Like, he was there through the best of times and through the worst of times, and he was X Division champion for a long time, you know? He went from his long hair space with the Hale Sabin and all the way up to the Motor City Machine Guns, all the way up to right now. Like, the X Division isn't anything without Chris Saban. He built that division, and it's time we give him props for it because no one else was doing it. Like Chris Saban, you know, for all those years and through so many management changes, it's like, sure, he won the world title at one point. But Chris Saban is primarily known, if not for the Motor City Machine Guns, for his status and his notoriety within the exhibition itself. Oh, yeah.
0: Amen to that. Chris Saban is goaded. And I got to witness that in person because, as you referenced, he's a 10-time champion. He's also the current champion, and I got to witness him winning that title for a tenth time uh, at Impact 1000's taping, which has since aired, so no spoilers. It's it's, it's available to the general public now. But, uh, yeah, absolutely um incredible performer. Uh, Angelo, your top five for the X Division Championship.
1: All right, my top five for the X Division Championship. Uh, we're starting off number five. Uh I really debated on the list for this, but number five, we're starting off with the phenomenal AJ Styles.
0: I'm sorry, wait, wait, wait. You said he's number what? Number yeah, five. I think,
2: I think you. Um, I think you made a mistake there. <laughs>
0: yeah, number five. I think <laughs> you, I think you drew the number number two wrong.
1: <laughs> I think I did it backwards, but uh, yeah. Okay, um, continue, please. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, I did put him at number five, even though he is, I think, who a lot of people do associate the Impact X Division Championship with. Um, you know, I, I really, really did debate this whole list because I'm, I'm not really sure, like, why, but for some reason, I just felt like, I don't know, he just deserves to be number five on this list because. You know, he had a lot more, I, th- I feel like a lot of better accomplishments than just being known as the X division champion, but nonetheless, he's my fifth pick to start off this list, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens as it goes on. <laughs> oh, <God>. Um, <laughs> number, number four, uh, actually above him you guys are probably going to hate me for this but number 4 is uh Samoa Joe uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hear you out I'll listen yeah, I'll hear yeah, you out yeah not
0: not the worst po- not the worst point of view so Wait, continue Who's number 3 and 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah where is this going I have no idea
1: Like I said this was this was a hard list for me man uh, uh so Samoa Joe being at number 4 um the reason being is because I felt like he was a dominant champion for the X Division. Like he like you see him you see him the way that he is now, like he's always been I feel like he's just the same guy no matter what company he walks into and no matter what champion he is. He carries that champion and the the championship and he just has his walk down the ramp like he doesn't give a fuck about anything or anybody. He's just going to put their ass to sleep. So Samoa Joe was the X Division champion, I feel like he was the most dominant champion that they had. And for that reason, he's my fourth pick. Uh number three, I do have uh Frankie Kazarian actually. All right. All High right. up on the list.
0: That's uh it, it,
1: it, that's my number six, I'll let it slide.
0: Yeah, it's not out of the question. <laughs> you haven't got you haven't given me a name that's been outrageous yet.
1: So <laughs> Number three, Frankie Kazarian, mainly because like looking back at uh all the all the different like matches that have the X Division championship in it, Frankie Kazarian I think is the most wild person to be in certain matches. Like when he was when he was part of uh certain like really crazy like stipulations and shit, like he would just pull out moves like from the top rope or you know to that dive to the outside of the ring in a crazy manner and just put his body on the line for that title so for that reason he's my number three pick uh number two i do have double a austin aries for the for the reason being that he is the creator of option c and uh Freddie, if I if I can, you know, just because I know you said the TNA Impact X Division Championship is a blend of a mid-card title and a uh, Cruiserweight Championship. The reason why I put Austin Aries at number two, because he created option C. I see it as almost being used as like the answer to WWE's money in the bank. Like you could just cash it in for a world title opportunity. Yeah, so that's the problem. reason why I put him at number two.
0: Uh, no, I, I I don't disagree with points that either of you have made about Austin Aries. I mean, it's not out of the question to think that. So continue.
1: Number one, uh, I do agree with Adam on this one. Number one is Chris Saban, current X Division champion, and he has the most reigns at ten, at ten reigns. So this man, you know, just because of that, he's he's my number one. Like he is a TNA day one type of guy you know he's literally done everything for the company and even for the industry so for that for my respect for him he's my number one for the impact X division championship
0: all right You, you yeah you got me in the first half there I'm not gonna lie you really uh you really got me on that first half of that list but I can let it slide uh, all right, so my top five, we are going to start... Wait, wait, hold
2: on. Before, before you continue, you yeah. put Kazarian over Styles, bro? <laughs> I told you, bro. It was a hard list to do, bro. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right for, please redeem We redeem this right now.
0: Don't worry. I'm going to redeem it with my first choice. So starting with my honorable mentions, uh, The Amazing Red, Low-Key, and Christopher Daniels. They're my uh, honorable mentions for this. Uh, moving into the number five position, we do have Frankie Kazarian... Uh, Frankie Kazarian obviously was a uh, stalwart of the Impact uh, roster for many, many years. Uh, He was the uh, Impact X-Division champion five times. Um, But he also won the X-Division King of the Mountain twice. And he uh, never really transitioned out of the X-Division to the main event scene. And I think that it both benefits him for this conversation but hurts him in his overall, you know, looking back at his career, because Kazarian really did have all the pieces to be a a major player, and I know he wasn't WWE for a time, and there was that, you know, same kind of concept of, oh, he might get to be something one day, and then he really wasn't anything, and, you know, there's a lot of back and forth that we could potentially have on Frankie Kazarian, but he uh, held the title four times before he left uh, Impact, and then he won it again uh, upon returning there last year, and he did uh, Exercise Option C. Which has been a, uh, a, a considerable uh, st- uh, standard bearer for people who hold that title. Uh, and I do think that um, uh, Kazarian is one to remember. Uh, and I don't want us to forget about Frankie, you know, getting lost in there with some other big names over the years. Uh, so that's number five. At number four for me, I do have uh, a double austin aries as much as i don't like him as an individual i I agree with everything you have both said about his uh impact on the x division as a whole as well as the championship he is a six-time x division champion but he is also the originator of the option c concept a concept that has been uh one of my favorite parts uh of tna television over the years and uh i know that it's not something that's always been kind of used in the same way and um You know, they don't really specify what time of year it can be optioned, but regardless of that, I do think that the fact that he created a way that a quote-unquote mid-card superstar could um, elevate himself to the main event scene in one fell swoop of saying, you know what, I'm going to risk it all, I'm going to gamble everything I've earned and worked for in my career to swing for the fence and try to win that world title, it is a big, big risk to take. And the fact that he created that is something that we shouldn't lose sight of. And um, regardless of how much of a notable prick he is, it, it is something that Impact is forever going to be uh, grateful for. And yeah, you know his reigns were were pretty good overall. At number three, I have the Samoan Joe, not named Roman Reigns, uh, Samoa Joe himself. Uh, You know, Joe was kind of hard to place for me because I do agree with what uh, Adam said, how how dominant he was for several years there. And he overall held the X Division Championship five times over the span of about nine years. Uh, I think the reason why it's hard for me to kind of place Joe in all of this is because none of his reigns were actually really lengthy. I was doing some research before, you know, we did this list, and none of his reigns exceeded 100 days out of all five that he held the title, and that is not exactly the statistic that you want associated with what you do. Uh, You know, a great reign is not defined by the length of the reign, but um, it is an important player in it as well. I mean, when you think of some of the greatest championship reigns of all time, do you think of you know gunther's 400 plus day reign now as intercontinental champion or do you think of santino morella's you know six week reign in 2008 i mean we all know which one we're gonna look at more you know so not apples to apples but still uh samoa joe comes in at the three for me uh originally was gonna have him a little lower but uh his triple threat match alone with uh daniels and styles at turning point 2005 uh, greatest match in TNA history and I, at anybody to try and, uh, convince me otherwise that match is so good and I don't think anything will ever top it, but fantastic match and something to, uh, go back and watch if you have it. Next, uh, number two for me is the phenomenal AJ Styles. Uh, AJ is just an all around literal living legend in the business, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that status. Hopefully, one day he does. He was the inaugural and overall six time X Division champion. He is the only two time Grand Slam champion in TNA Impact Wrestling history. And mind you, he did that all in an 11 year span, and he has actually spent. Uh, over half the same amount of time in WWE that he did in TNA. Uh, He was in TNA from 2002 to 2013. He's been in WWE for now. I think we said it's going to be eight years in January to the 11 there, so he is closing in on almost the exact amount of time. and He is a Grand Slam champion in both places. Uh, His time as the X Division champion was some of what made Impact Wrestling this cult favorite of wrestling fans in the early to mid-2000s um obviously after wcw went out of business people were looking for an alternative to wwe because they owned the monopoly um you know and if you couldn't turn to japan what could you turn to in america and uh ring of honor subletted that a little bit but it took them a long time to get onto a more uh, globally seen stage but tna impact wrestling really started to change that with their weekly pay-per-views and uh aj styles was in the thick of it as he was with the x division title um he did eventually move up to the world title scene and was a standard there for a very long time and probably where he'll be more well known overall but uh aj at number two for me and at number one i mean this is the i think no matter what we talk about in any of our other lists today this is the only one i think we'll all universally agree on because number one is of course chris Sabin, the 10-time x division champion the king of of the X-Division, as Tom Hannafan, I believe, said during his call at Impact 1000, the king of the X-Division, and rightfully so. When you can hold any championship ten times more than anybody else in the history of Impact Wrestling, that is something that you will hold near and dear, I'm sure, for the rest of your career and the rest of your life. Um, Sabin holds a really unique distinction as one of the few men to successfully cash in Option C. He cashed it in in 2000 and. 13 the second man to ever do so i believe if i'm not mistaken maybe the third now you gotta fact check me on that and he successfully defeated bully ray to become the tna world heavyweight champion granted that reign did not last very long but the emotional investment of sabin winning the world title after working his ass off for a decade is something that i'll never forget and i was so glad to have watched it on tv when that happened and uh overall 10 titles 10 times holding that title incredible And I really do think he'll be the uh, one to cash in option C again on the current impact world champion, Alex Shelley, his tag team partner. Uh, We talked a lot about the motor city machine guns today. This might be the last time that we talk about them. Uh, So don't want that to be lost sight of, even though um, Shelley might not be in the greatest of all time for world championship discussion to see Saban and Shelley go one-on-one at this stage of their careers. really excites me. So yeah, Chris Sabin, I think, universally agreed upon as the greatest X Division champion in the history of TNA, and I don't think any of us will disagree on that. So hopefully, yeah. that re- hopefully that redeemed a little bit of what Angela's, uh choice to put Styles at the five did to our conversation here. Mm.
2: Despicable. Despicable, let me tell you. <laughs> at least he did At least look, it could have been worse. He could have put Abyss on the list. All right.
0: Yeah, if you put Abyss on the list, then uh, then there's there's no turning back, man.
1: Yeah, Yeah, there's no turning back. I know it. I'll get kicked out. Don't work. (laughs)
0: Dude, listen, I I don't mean to
1: be rude, but
0: uh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, I don't want to be too much of an ass. Uh, Moving right along. We're halfway done, and we're going to now move over to another title that TNA uh, created uh, for their knockouts division. And uh, honestly, this, this championship is the sparking of this list in my eyes because I posed this idea to the club. And, uh, of course, Adam and Angelo uh, were the ones who were happy to agree and talk about it with us today. But um, uh, during Impact 1000, for those who haven't seen it, they had the showcase of the greatest knockouts of the past, present, and future TNA Impact history. Uh, many of them uh, were a part of it. It was a 10 knockout tag which pitted uh, Savannah Evans and Giselle Shaw along with Deanna Parazo, Angelina Love and uh, the, 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 I can't remember the fifth person's name I apologize Oh Tasha Steeles, the Borico badass uh, taking on the team of Jordan Grace, Mickey James, Awesome Kong Trinity the current knockout champion, and Gail Kim. Uh, So if you didn't check that out, please do. It's a great match. It really showcases the past and present. Uh, But the Knockouts title was created in 2007, and it was an opportunity for the women of Impact to change the game. And let's call a spade a spade here. They were ahead of the game before any women's revolution evolution in WWE. TNA was knocking it out of the park with their women's division. They had some really great, talented women competing in there night in and night out. And I think that they eclipsed what WWE could have ever hoped for. Uh, Obviously, WWE came around eventually, far too late, unfortunately. Uh, But we are now, uh, here we are, and we're going to talk about the Impact Knockouts World Championship. Uh, Angelo, I'm going to switch it up and let you go first this time. What do you got as your top five Knockouts World Champions of all time?
1: All right, so Freddie, this list definitely like was the hardest one, I think, to actually come up with because it is the Impact Knockout Championship. It's been around for probably the sh- shortest time in the company's history. So kicking off with number five, I actually do have two names on here only because I couldn't figure out which one would be an honorable mention, if you will. So at number five for a tie is Angelina Love and Madison Rain. Only reason being because they did both hold the title uh, in the early stages and they were iconic to the title, but they didn't really have the best of Reigns, if you will. So for that reason, they're both at number five, uh, Number four, you might hate me for but it's actually uh, Jordan Grace Uh, for the fact that she actually restored honor to the title in the most recent years. I mean, she's just just one dominant woman in any pro wrestling ring. Like, she can go against the best of the best, and for that reason, she's number four on my list. Uh, Number three... I have Mickey James. Um, she's held the title a couple times. You know, she's pretty, pretty iconic to the title too. I guess you could say. But uh, the one reason why she kind of uh, was higher up on my list is because she did appear on WWE's Royal Rumble with the Knockouts title. And for me, for for someone to actually appear on another promotion's one of their biggest shows, if you will, with the company that you work for's title, that just says a whole lot about not only you as not only the company but you as an individual working for the company. So, for that reason, she's she's number three for me. Uh, number two, we do have Awesome Kong. She's another icon to the to the Knockouts uh, championship, but she's also been in probably one of the greatest feuds in TNA Impact Knockouts history against Gail Kim. She's got to be Gail Kim's greatest opponent, and uh, for that reason, you know she's number two on my list, and number one. Speaking of Gail Kim, she's a seven-time champion, and uh, she's definitely put on such great matches over the years, and for that reason, she's the highest one on my list.
0: All right, interesting. Uh, What do we got from you, Adam?
1: Mm, All right, yeah.
2: Uh, Similarly to Angelo, I did have a hard time with this list. Like I had the I had the top two done immediately, but uh, three through five, I was you know you know keep going you know adding and changing then removing so on and so forth. For my um, number five, I have Velvet Sky from the uh, from the beautiful from the beautiful people because I feel like Velvet Sky kind of represented the exact vibe you would get from tuning into TNA on Spike TV from around 2009 to about 2010, right before the. Hogan era, right? And I feel like her two reigns were really good, very solid, and I feel like she's very a very underrated performer. So that's why I have her at number five. Number four is Angelina Love for similar reasons, but I feel like Angelina Love kind of was the catalyst or that catapulted uh, Velvet Sky Madison Rain into the their from from respective reigns because obviously the Beautiful People was spearheaded by Angelina Love. She was the head of the beautiful people and a reason why millions of teenage boys would teen, uh, tune in to impact or TNA at the time. Um, and at number three, we have the awesome Kong or karma. If you're a dork, um, awesome Kong went against every conventional, I guess, idea of what a woman's wrestler is. Um, you know, she had a more intimidating factor to her that a lot of just women's wrestlers just failed to i guess you know capitalize upon or just even have in general and awesome con came in she was just a force to be reckoned with you know from her presentation to her theme to how she wrestled to how she was booked um the knockouts division just simply wouldn't be where it was or, or it is today if not for awesome Kong. Um and for number two, I have uh um, Mickey James, or you know, Nick Aldous' wife. Um, because Mickey James obviously came into TNA after her initial WWE run. So she was more so a mainstream, I guess, crossover because Mickey James was obviously incredibly popular. She was a multi-time champion in WWE. So when she made the crossover to TNA, it was only natural that she would dominate the division because she had dominated the you know. The, I guess bigger leagues, if you will. And, you know, she brought a lot of prestige and a lot of eyes onto the product, which ultimately, as a company, that's what you want to do. You want people to watch your product, and your champions should reflect that. And like Angelo had mentioned uh, in the 2022 Women's Rumble, when Mickey James came out with the Impact uh, Women's Championship or Knockout Championship, rather, um, and even, even displayed it on the little nameplate, that was unprecedented because for many years TNA was almost like a taboo topic that WWE never really talked about outside of a hint and a nod and a wink every so often. But So to see that really just shows how much not only respect the industry has for Mickey James, but how prestigious he made the title in of itself. And at my number one, we have, a, who else would it be? It would be Gail Kim. Gail Kim was the initial champion for the knockouts division. She was positioned as their ace, if you will, for many years. And outside of the fact that she just simply doesn't age, she simply is just incredible in the ring and is the standard for not only just the knockouts division, but women's wrestling as a whole. You know what I mean? Gail Kim is, You could put her. you could argue that within the entire realm of women's wrestling, you could argue Gail can't have a spot on that Mount Rushmore. Just to, and that's just indicative of how much influence that she has, or in how much, you know, respect and how much prestige that she did bring to that title and to that lineage and to the history of Impact Wrestling.
0: Some great lists, boys. <clears throat> so let me get on to mine now. Uh, we're going to start at number five. And indeed, number five for me is actually Awesome Kong. Um, now, I know. Kong you know in in the lore of impact her importance goes beyond her amount of championship range she was only a two-time knockouts champion uh, overall but awesome Kong as has been discussed and as is evident was the featured performer alongside Gail Kim during the early days of the knockouts division as they tried to create this uh, culture of inclusivity and hey these girls are going to go out there and put on probably the best match of the night on any given night because it doesn't matter who they are and uh, you know it's not meant to be defined by gender who gets to be the main event and her and Gail Kim proved that uh, and I think that Kong in the grand scheme of things will a, is a hall of famer and rightfully so um, her time as champion maybe not as important as her significance overall and i think that if we were talking about the greatest knockouts of all time just in a general sense i would probably have her a lot higher Uh, but if we're talking specifically about the title kong comes in for number five for me Um, i meant to mention my honorable mentions as i've been doing for me my honorable mentions tessa blanchard tara and madison rain those are my three honorable mentions moving on to number four is angelina love now angelina love the leader of the beautiful people she's a six-time knockouts world champion and that was a record that was held for a, a very long while uh until it was eventually broken by someone who we'll talk about in a little while but she was um one of the more uh unexpected success stories i would say in the history of impact Uh, The Beautiful People was a popular gimmick for many reasons, of course, uh, back in the day. And um, she was one of the um, early uh, featured performers and probably one of the more technically proficient ones. I mean, you know, a lot of times there was this unfortunate concern of, you know, they hired, you know, women for their looks and not for their performance. Um, You know, others who proved that, you know, in later years uh, just weren't as good in the ring as some others Uh, might have been but Angelina Love really bucked the trend she proved that she could go and she was really good at it and she wasn't just there because of someone thinking she was attractive and I think that that's an important note is that you know this division was built to avoid that and I love how they never they they had their moments but they never leaned fully into it's like this is meant to be to for a competition over a championship like it should be and Angelina Love at six times as the Knockouts Champion, very much so deserving of a place uh, on this top five. At number three, I do have Mickey James. Yes, Mickey James, who uh, is one of the many people who uh, has succeeded to the level that she has in both WWE and in TNA. She was obviously in WWE a six-time world Women's World Champion overall between the Divas and Women's Titles. Uh, But an Impact, she's a five-time Knockouts champion, uh, including having reigns that span two different times in the company and um, against multiple different generations of talent. She arrived in TNA back in 2010 and was featured in in stories with the likes of uh, Tara, who she had worked with previously in WWE, as well as the Beautiful People, and eventually um, with Gail Kim as well, uh, before that ended then she went back to wwe in 2016 after a few years there she returned to tna where she had a few more reigns as the knockouts champion including the aforementioned appearance in the 2022 uh women's royal rumble for wwe which as anyone might expect when a champion from another company shows up in this company as the champion It's a big deal because WWE never references other companies in their championships unless they really have a reason to. And uh, Mickie James being the star that she was in both companies proved that she can uh, be that kind of a star. Uh, I was there at Impact 1000 when she made her return after about six months off from injury. And uh, the place went nuts when Mickie came out. So she's still just as over today as she was 20 years ago when she started in in the business with Trish Stratus and that story. Uh, but Mickey James, a living legend in the business, and I don't think anyone will disagree with that. Uh, probably the most controversial take I will have all day is my number two choice for this top five, and I have a reason for it. My number two choice, the virtuosa Diana Perrazzo. and I will tell you exactly why Diana Perazzo is my number two choice on this list. She is, number one, the longest reigning impact wrestling knockouts world champion in history at 343 days in her, I in, uh, believe it was her inaugural run as champion. She's a three-time champion overall, but she was the first example, in my opinion, of TNA impact wrestling resurgence to, you know, genuine good television at any given moment in time. WWE, I mean, not WWE, uh, WWE dropped the ball with her for sure, and she won her initial championship at Slammiversary in 2020. I apologize. Her 343-day reign began at Turning Point in November of that year when she defeated Sue Young in a no-disqualification match. She embarked on a year, nearly year-long reign that ended uh, at the hands of Mickie James at Bound for Glory later that year. Um, it was an absolute incredible performance, by Deanna Perazzo going on a run like that. Uh, and she never once faltered. She had stipulation matches. She has proven that it you know, Impact's Knockouts Division is not like any other women's division in the entire world. They don't care. They take risks. They have had such amazing matches and Deanna reestablished that concept. The same concept that 10, 15 years prior was created. Deanna, resur- Deanna resurfaced that in her reign and uh, I think she is a prime example of somebody who left WWE after the ball was supposedly dropped with her and now it's in her hands to either sink or swim she didn't just swim she became the queen of the ocean and she was the shark that was calling the shots her contract is expected to expire on New Year's Eve of this year And I think she will be a prime target for WWE to bring in in the new year as a new big name in the women's division. As somebody who will not just come in and be working the undercard and get forgotten about in a couple of months. She will be a force to be reckoned with. And I think Deanna Perrazzo, the virtuosa, will be continuing to create new moments for herself. With that said, number one is Gail Kim. And I mean, again, we've agreed on two of our three lists now at who's the greatest of all time is Gail Kim, a record setting seven time knockouts champion. She's a TNA Hall of Famer, and she has become one of the featured producers and advocates in the locker room for the women's division of uh, of today in TNA. Um, And she can still go after being retired for four years because she wrestled for the first time in four years. At impact 1000 and she didn't miss a beat she didn't miss a step she looked just as great in the ring as she did 20 years ago as she did 10 years ago as she did five years ago and gail kim i i don't see how wwe in two different runs with her didn't know what to do with gail kim she was there in the early 2000s before her time in impact and they didn't know what to do with her she left became a star on her own she came back they dropped the ball again And then she left and never came back. I I swear sometimes WWE's ignorance to talent is is infuriating. Um, But Gail Kim never let that bother her and never let her stop her. She continued to go out there uh, month after month, year after year, for so many years on end, whether it was as a heel or as a babyface, and just dominate the Impact Wrestling Knockouts division. And rightfully so, because she was the force behind it. Her and Awesome Kong as the inaugural two champions uh, creating a legacy that will never be forgotten so there's our top five knockouts champions of all time do you guys have any thoughts
2: i just think it's surprising that we that uh, we um the three of us agreed on two of the number ones on, on two different lists so i think that's pretty dope
0: i agree yeah i didn't expect that. i thought maybe if we had one that would be a lot but goes to show TNA truly has their own Mount Rushmore's uh, in certain respects yeah.
2: and uh, well, that's going to go out the window with this next list
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> this one can go so many different ways so I'm really intrigued to see where we go so as we said our final stop on this is the Impact Wrestling World Championship so once again as was discussed with the tag titles earlier TNA had the working arrangement with the NWA for five years before they created their own world title. So those five years from 2002 to 2007 also count towards these rankings. So if you hear somebody bring up the NWA World's title, that's why. Uh, But then, obviously, from 2007 to present day, it's the TNA slash GFW slash Impact Wrestling World Championship. A lot of different men and women have actually held this title. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see Uh, where we end up so Adam the floor is yours all
2: right so for my number five we have um Darby Allen's adopted father Sting (laughs) as 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 my number five because Sting um before he came to TNA he had a little break after WCW closed obviously he wasn't signed to WWE until way later down the line And Sting was brought in And he was one of those people Who really put TNA on the map Because, you know Sting being like Known as one of the last WWE holdouts Was really Putting on A lot of bangers Within that time period He held the title A couple times From like 2006 To About 2011 I think was his last reign And he put on a lot of good matches He was a safe person To put this title on Especially after the uh, Jeff Hardy debacle Of Victory Road to 2011 Um and I think he was a very solid performer, and he just oozed main event energy. So it was just a logical decision to put not only the strap on him, but to put him at my number five. He's just a safe pick. You know, you can't go wrong with the stinger. You know what I mean? At my number four, we have um, Bob Lashley, my main man, Bobby. Um Bobby Lashley came in to TNA initially in about 2009, but that didn't really go anywhere because I was like that weird Hogan era that was starting. He had like feuds with like Jethro Holland, What was his name? Trevor Murdoch's TNA name, whatever his name was. But um, he yeah, so I didn't really go anywhere, but he returned when uh, MVP was starting his beatdown faction or whatever it was called, the BDC, beatdown clan. And he beat Eric Young. Um, for the title, and then he just went on a tear. Um, particularly within the mid twenty tens, he was just you know putting on the he was basically unstoppable. You put Flash in there with anyone, and he was more likely not coming out on top. He came in with a sweatband. He would do, do the Kimura. He do, do the spear, and he was just a bona fide star, almost like a precursor to uh, the Almighty run that we saw in the early twenty twenties for WWE. Um. For my number three, we have the phenomenal AJ Styles. As not only was he a great exhibition champion, he was also a great World champion. He was within the first five champions of the NWA TNA version of the, um, uh, you know, championship. And you know, he'd hold it a couple of times. Go back to the exhibition. but I think what really brought it into the spotlight was in 2009 when he beat Kurt Angle. Hernandez, Sting, and Matt Morgan in a fatal five-way match where he beat Kurt Angle in the middle of the ring with that signature Superman 450. And that was just like his crowning moment because AJ Styles, as we know, has was Mr. TNA for the majority of the um, uh, existence of the company from like 2002 to 2013, which is, you know, basically he was Mr. TNA for like 11 years out of the 21 years history thus far of TNA. And I think if you're gonna have a list with the greatest world champions, it would also be criminal and outright despicable to not have AJ on your list. Uh, my number two, and number two is my personal favorite, but he's not objectively the best. But my number two is J E double F, haha, J A double R E double T, Jeff Jarrett. Now, people like to compare uh like like to say that the Triple H reign of terror of the mid 2000s was criminal or how Roman's reigns of the of the twenty twenties is, you know, just ghastly. Clearly you ha- they have never seen <laughs> early TNA. Ref bump, nut shot, guitar shot, the stroke, one, two, three, Jarrett's going over, brother. Jeff Jarrett, obviously, him and uh Jerry Jarrett being the um, founders of TNA. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was actually not the first nor the second NWA TNA champion. It was first Ken Shamrock, then Ron The Truth Killings, and then they put the title on Jarrett. And the thing about Jarrett is people hated him. He, it was almost to levels that we see Dom Mysterio getting booed out of the building every week on Monday Night Raw. Jeff Jarrett was hated because he, you know, he'd go over no matter what and you just love to see him lose. And What you want out of a heel champion or just the A1 heel of the company is you need a genuine desire to see them lose. Like if you look at other title changes, if you look at Christian Cage, for instance, when he came in the 2005, a lot of the reason he got over was because of Jared, because of how hated he was. He was a multi-time champion, held it for a long period of time within the 2000s. And I think there isn't any... He, there is no TNA with Jeff Jarrett, without a shadow of the doubt, but Jeff Jarrett is one of those guys who really put in the effort and put it on the map. And even now, he's you know close to retirement age and is still putting on incredible bangers in AEW. This is going to sound like a crazy take, but if they put the strap on Jarrett, I don't think I'd be mad. Um, and for my <laughs> number one, who else would it be? Kirk Angle. Kurt Angle Olympic gold medalist With a broken Freaking neck Mind you Kurt Angle Is single handedly The most important Signing TNA Could have ever had Within the time frame Because Kurt Angle Debuted for TNA In 2006 In the Earlier part Of 2006 He was the World Heavyweight Champion And he lost the title At WrestleMania And then he left um, And then he went to TNA And a lot of Kurt Angle's Best work Is in TNA And at the top You have his matches With Abyss you have his matches with Mr. Anderson, with Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Sting. The list can go on and on and on and on. If you were anyone in TNA, you would have you would have had a banger with Kurt Angle. He is the standard bear for the entire company. And people like to look back at his WWE run as really good. I would argue that his TNA run is better than his WWE career.
0: The, the, fact, and yeah. the fact of the matter is that, and I, I, with your Kurt Angle reference there, He spent more time as an active in-ring wrestler for TNA than he ever did for WWE. He debuted in WWE in the uh, end of 1999, November. He left in the fall of 2006. That is just about seven years. He spent over a decade as an active in-ring competitor for TNA goes yeah. to show that we all talk about what he did in WWE and he had a great WWE career if you just isolate his WWE career and he never wrestled again after 2006 he's a, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame candidate because he had a great career but yeah. Perk Angle just unbelievable
2: yeah, and especially with the main event mafia and the amount of talent that he elevated throughout the years, it's like I don't think a lot of talent like AJ Styles would even be where he is today if not for the influence of Kurt Angle. Like because you know Kurt Angle would go in and he would just do his thing, and he brought so many eyes onto the product. And
0: that with and Mr. Anderson, you know. Same thing with Mr. Yeah. Anderson. Anderson obviously never became the same kind of star that Styles became, but Mr. Anderson became yeah. a, a world champion after his time working with Angle because yeah. he got elevated by working with Kurt, even if he didn't necessarily win the feud.
2: Even look at um EC3. EC3 wouldn't have had much of notoriety going into his failed WWE run or the infamous controller narrative if not for his, you know, title win over Kurt Angle, you know?
0: And the fact that Angle let him beat him. I mean, the, the fact... Because Kurt probably could have mm-hmm. said no. He had probably had the backstage pull to do that at that stage of his career, but he mm-hmm. didn't let it happen. He was not That's... afraid to take the pin to put somebody over. Angelo! That's truth. Angelo, your top five.
1: Oof. <laughs> Another one... <laughs> Another list that uh, was a little bit hard to put together, exactly, no, but... I still think that it is a pretty solid list. If you um, say Austin Aries, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro, come on. Why you got to say that about Eric Young?
0: Eric Young, okay. <laughs> what do you got to say? What, what's your list, my friend?
1: All right. I'm started off at number five. It is the founder, the creator of TNA himself, Double R. E double T Ah-ha. Jeff Jerry <laughs> <laughs> <At number> five. <laughs> yeah. All right. He, he, he's five on the list. Um, much, much like what Adam said before. Like, you know, though he may not have had the, I guess that the greatest rain ever, but the, the man was a great like heat generator for the company and his time as champion people just a lot of people just wanted to see him lose they wanted him to to just lose the strap and not be seen as as like the champion of the company or the face of the company but even though like he would win matches that people did not want to see him win he still pulled the title up to a certain status and for that for that's my reason why he's fifth on the list Uh, number four. We're going with big Bob, Bobby Lashley, big bad, uh, (laughs) Robert, (laughs) Robert, Bob, (laughs) just Bob. We'll just call him Bob. Uh, (laughs) reason why he's, he's number four on the list. And this is something that I had to reflect about, you know, over the past week, um, is because, you, you guys probably won't agree with me on this, but it's kind of the way that I started to, I guess, realize like where they were going with his run is he kind of had like a Brock Lesnar type role as the TNA champion. Like he would just wrestle in matches against people who you knew like they weren't going to win, but he still turned some people into stars. Like he put on, he put on so many good matches against different talent who you wouldn't think would even really, I guess, deserve a world title opportunity at the time, but he still put on a great match against them. He still let, let them show their ability. And for that, He's, he's number four on my list uh, Moving on to number three The longest reigning Impact world champion Josh Alexander The man just puts on so many bangers No matter who he faces um, he, he was one hell of a tag team champion He was one hell of a world champion And now we're going to see him face Alex Shelley for the world title. We don't know who's going to win that match, but if I was putting money on it, I would definitely bet, again, bet against Shelley and put my money on Josh Alexander just because of the fact that this man is literally a walking weapon. Like, he's, in the pit, in the most recent time, like, he's just one guy who you could put the strap on and let him carry your company, let him carry that name, and he'll elevate everything, like, he'll give everything to elevate that title. So for that reason, he's number three for me. Uh, Moving on to number two is the phenomenal AJ Styles. Uh, Yeah, not much to say about him, mainly just because he's the GOAT. Uh, He also (laughs) did threaten to walk out of Impact with the world title. And, uh, I feel like that moment was just, for me, it was just funny as hell. Just seeing him like walk around with the title, hop in, hop in the brand new car that he got from Dixie and just drive off with the title. Um, yeah, talent aside and everything, he's just one of the best, one of the best like people in the industry. So for that reason, he's number two on my list. Uh, Number one, I do have to agree with Adam on this. Is going to be the Olymp- the Olympic gold medalist himself, Kurt Angle. Uh, much like Angle. what Adam said, Perk Angle. <laughs> <Perk> Kurt. <laughs> uh, much so like what Adam said, he did put on great matches against the likes of Abyss, Samoa Joe, Jeff Jarrett, Sting. The list goes on and on, but he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and for that reason he's my top my top guy for the world championship list
0: very interesting very interesting thank god you did not say austin aries
1: why would that work go anywhere on on the world title list Man, I don't, I don't know. know, bro. <laughs> I'm, just,
0: I'm just making sure, man. I'm just making sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, he could have said Alberto El Patron. I was like, let's ah, really yeah.
0: cool. Oh, God. Ah, dude, dude. No, so, well, notable, <laughs> notable prick, Alberto El Patron. Um, but, yeah, no. i also the podcast if I did that. Yeah, you'd be fired and released. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Um, <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> oh god anyway um, let's get get out of mind before that joke goes out of taste um honorable mentions for me big bad bob bobby lashley the charismatic enigma jeff hardy and another guy named big bad bob not as big but still just as bad the glorious one himself bobby Roode. um at number five for me uh as adam had also included him the icon the living legend the man who seemingly just won't quit because his body tells him to continue even though i think he should stop but you know anyway um sting himself uh sting was a former one-time nwa world champion as well as uh i, don't, I honestly don't even know if that came during the tna time i believe it did uh but then he also held the tna world title four times uh tna hall of famer main event to bound for glory on a couple of occasions uh, but Sting is, as we've said, a literal icon in the industry. Um, his arrival in TNA was the legitimacy that the company needed um, to really say, like, hey, we're not just some indie-fed promotion with a bunch of no-name guys who are trying to figure their way around the business. No, we're, we're a legit, fully-functioning, fully fully-fledged fully operation. And we are not going to just go dying. You know, And Sting spent a decade in uh tna uh I, you know he obviously spent a majority of his career in wcw in the late 90s late 80s and early 90s and, and throughout the 90s um under multiple gimmicks surfer sting and crow sting then we had crow sting and joker sting in tna and now we've got old man dad sting who just kind of follows around darby allen and beats people up and jumps off of high structures because he's like fuck it why not um but yeah sting uh, was the first main event guy in WC uh, TNA to come from outside. And uh, again, him, the Dudleys, and a few other guys down the line added the legitimacy to the company that they needed. They eventually would go overboard with that. But at the time, Sting's work with the likes of Samojo, Joe, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, uh, among others, some of my favorite. His whole Joker-Sting gimmick in 2013 was probably the most fun I've ever had. Well, or a 20 it was a 2011 whatever it was when he went when he went batshit crazy that was just the best um, and sting uh, without question top five all time next up in at number four on my list is the walking weapon himself Josh Alexander now Josh uh, obviously um, a newer guy and the most recent uh, performer on this list he's a two-time TNA world champion. Uh, but he is the longest-reigning champion of all time at 335 days. Could be a three-time champion by the time we reach Bound for Glory in Chicago next month. But he's also the holder of the Divi- former holder of the X Division title and of the tag titles on multiple occasions with Ethan Page. And uh, I think, as I mentioned before, it's worth noting that he holds the record for two of TNA's currently four active men's championships for the longest reign of all time he and, to, and obviously both of them are two of them are their homegrown created titles in 2007 the tag titles and the world title and there have been some great teams to hold the tag titles and some even greater men more likely than not to hold the world title and uh josh alexander has proven with his great match after great match after great match i mean listen he main evented victory road uh, last uh, two weeks ago when I was there in person against Steve Macklin, and I, am, I didn't imagine a, a, a main event match with no title on the line. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. Oh, my God. These two guys beat the ever-living piss out of each other, and I loved every single second of it. If you want to watch a match that might be the most low-key banger you can find right now that just aired, go watch Victory Road this year, the main event, Steve Macklin versus Josh Alexander, because holy piss was it great. But anyway... Uh, Alexander could have a great match with a broomstick and I think that that's a testament to how good he is in the ring how good he is as a performer and how uh, great of a champion he was and his reign was filled with a lot of great defenses and it's truly a shame that that record breaking reign A could not end, uh, could not reach one year and B had to end under such disappointing circumstances where he tore his tricep and had to relinquish the title uh, so hopefully he can win back that title he never lost at some point whether or not that's bound for glory is to be determined but anyway, moving right along, we are going to get to number three on my list, and that is good old je double t Ha ha! Ain't he great? Uh, we talked a lot about him already. He's the owner and um, cre- uh, the original owner and founder of TNA Impact Wrestling with his father, Jerry. Uh, he was having his own reign of terror in the mid-2000s while Triple H was having one in WWE. He was saying, hold my beer and let me do it on a smaller scale here in TNA. Uh, He was a six-time NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, uh, and he had a stranglehold on that title for a majority of that time period uh, from 2002 to 2007. Uh, He feuded with everybody uh, and anybody who came in and around at that time. Christian Cage, uh, I believe Jeff Hardy was in there, AJ Styles, the list goes on. Jeff Jarrett was in there with them. He had that feud with Ron The Truth Killings, so lots of stuff. Uh, that Jeff Jarrett did, and he never faltered. He never once faltered. He was the penultimate heel, the guy that everybody wanted people to loo- everybody wanted to see lose. So that when he finally did lose, it meant something, and it was impactful, and it was important, and it was must-see TV. And uh, I think that that was a really great example of TNA trying their best to, you know, create moments when a babyface could finally defeat Jeff for the title um could it have been a little stale at times probably but you know what WWE has done a lot worse uh, over the years so I don't think it was the worst thing ever and hey it's Jeff Jarrett ain't he great so anyway moving right on down the list we are going to go for now hang on I gotta look for my notes here ah yes number two I think all three of us had this same guy at the number two position he is phenomenal And he is AJ Styles, and we talked a lot about him today, both for the X Division title and now in the world title scene. Uh, He was a three-time NWA world champion and a two-time TNA world champion. Um, His time as the TNA world champion started off with his landmark victory over Kurt Angle. It was a fatal four-way. I remember very vividly it was uh, Styles and Angle along with Sting and the blueprint Matt Morgan. And Sting kind of said, here, AJ, here's your moment. Uh, he took out Kurt in the ring, and then he went and focused on Matt Morgan on the side. Styles hit the 450, and AJ Styles got the big celebration with the world championship. Um, but he also held the title in 2013 when uh, they had the whole Magnus uh, ladder, the Dixieland. was at the Dixieland ladder match where he beat Jeff Hardy, and then Styles came back, and then they had the unification match, and it was Styles' last match in the company because then he left for New Japan. Yes, yeah, true. So it, yep. was a, it was a whole thing there um but uh yeah overall five times as the world champion we've talked at length about his uh grand slam uh two times over for uh, impact and uh aj can have a great match with literally anybody and we've talked a lot about why he's so important to the history of this business and uh i think overall he is without question um tna's greatest homegrown star And uh, I don't think anybody will ever be considered more than that. Uh, And that's going a long way because they've had a lot of great talent come out of TNA and go elsewhere in the wrestling world. Um, But even more crazy than that um, is the fact that not only did we agree on our number twos, but we also agreed on our number one for this one as well. Because, of course, who else but the Olympic gold medalist himself, Kurt Angle as the greatest TNA Impact Wrestling World Champion of all time. Uh, Kurt Angle, um, as we said, spent more time in uh, Impact than he did in WWE. Uh, He was the inaugural and an overall six-time TNA World Heavyweight Champion, was inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. He is also a former two-time tag champion, X Division champion. He's won the King of the Mountain twice. Uh, He has done anything and everything that there was to do in 2000. Uh, in the in between two thousand and six and two thousand and sixteen, when he left TNA, um, Kurt was without a doubt the guy for them for the longest time, and I don't think anyone ever will give enough credit to what he did there because in a decade of time he worked with everybody he put everybody over he got everybody over and he never once failed to give you entertaining tv even if he was in pain or having personal trouble we all know it's well documented the things he's been through um, but i'm very glad to see he's on the other side of it now it seems like number one and number two we were really blessed with some great content because of kurt during his time in impact wrestling um, he, uh, literally from the moment he arrived and headbutted Samoa Joe all the way down to, I believe his final feud was with, uh, Bobby Lashley. I want to say, I think Bobby was his final match when they had that taping in London. Uh, something like that. Um, yeah. So anyway, it was, uh, Kurt Angle is, is the GOAT in terms of TNA and one of the GOATs of all time, definitely in the discussion for that. Um, but I find it amazing. I went into this thinking all of us were going to have different people for the top of every list. Not only were our top number ones, the same for three out of the four, but on the world title, we had the top two as the same. And I think that is pretty right. crazy. Uh,
2: you're not out rain in your parade, but Jeff Jarrett was my number two.
0: Ah, damn. I thought it was styles. Then, uh, tiles two, Jarrett 3 it was it the other way around? <laughs> it was the
2: other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's styles number three. You know, you can't escape the ref bump. Yeah. Guitar shot than the stroke. Sorry,
0: Jarrett's going over, brother.
2: <laughs> Death taxes and Jarrett goes over. What do you mean?
0: Death taxes and Jarrett goes over. Yeah, That's pretty much it. But let's call it. Let's call it as it is. Jarrett's theme song though. My world. Oh my god that theme song. Was-
2: Dude, if you if you watch back old TNA episodes on like with a 2023 lens, it's just a fever dream. Cuz you'll have like 8 degrees of interference I would put the bloodline to shame. Jericho's over, then My World plays. It's like it's get more chaotic than that.
0: It really Bill has- Oliver
2: was cooking.
0: It was it was a crazy time, you know, the business the business was a crazy time and I think that uh it was a testament to how much people really, really loved what they were seeing in T N A that the, all, all the all the craziness and the hokiness never really was too much for people, you know. It was never something that people looked at and said, Eh, maybe this is too much. It became too much when Hulk Hogan showed up and kind of ruined everything and then that's just you know, yeah. a story for another day. That's like <laughs> the typical Hulk Hogan BS. But regardless yeah, love each. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's not the he's not the HH that I love. My HH that I love has a third H and uh single-handedly saved the business for me last year. But nonetheless. That's so true. Yes, that. <laughs> but nonetheless, um yeah, no, and I think that overall we've talked about some really great uh TNA wrestling and I think that that's something that we shouldn't forget. And I think that that's kind of my my reasoning for wanting to do this with you guys tonight and having this be our next topic was because they are doing some great stuff over there right now. I cannot stress enough. If anyone wants to watch some really solid wrestling with some really hardworking guys and girls who are looking to make you know, make a name for themselves in a bigger name company that has like history behind it and hold titles that now have prestige because of the people we talked about today. I really think that TNA is your place to go because they offer a different vibe than WWE and AEW. I sat ringside for two nights of their taping. I was in the front row at ringside, and I'm telling you, they are putting on some really great stuff. It is so much fun. I just bought Impact Plus. I'm going to be doing some nostalgia trips, I'm sure, going back in time and watching some great older matches, Uh, but I'm also looking forward to keeping up now more often on the uh, up and up on what Impact's got going on lately. They got a, uh, They just had Mid-South Mayhem tapings in Memphis. I think that's going to be for TV this week. So check that out. And as I said, Bound for Glory in October. Chicago, two matches already announced. Josh Alexander versus Alex Shelley for the Impact World Championship. As well as Mike Bailey, Speed Bowl versus the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay, in Chicago. So two really great matches already booked for that show. And I'm sure a lot more to come for Impact Wrestling. Angelo, Adam, anything else you want to add?
2: I think the real winner here is Karen Jarrett, just a sidebar.
0: I mean, she was married to Kurt Angle and now she's married to Jeff Jarrett. She's always going he knows
2: over. How, yeah, she knows how to pick them for real, let me tell you. Yeah,
0: she's really she knows how to she knows how to pick the guys we are gonna keep going over so she can keep her uh, her her pay her her bank account filled up. <laughs> That's for true. <laughs> But I will say she ain't afraid to get in there and take a bump every now and then she's never been afraid to do that so it's not all about uh it's not all about just her her getting yeah there.
2: well we, but uh she has, she has a commitment to the business and yeah, that's what's important
0: yeah that's it man the, the this crazy business that somehow we all still love despite all the chaos and craziness that we've been through <laughs> over the last however many years of our lives I've been watching wrestling over my half my life i I've been watching it for over fifteen years now man it's It's crazy how much wrestling I've watched over the years and how much useless knowledge that is possessed inside this brain of mine.
2: Yeah. It's just, and it's only up from here because, you know, all like those new promotions like Deadlock Pro Wrestling and whatnot. It's like, dude, we're in a great spot now. And it's just, it's just crazy to see how far we've come.
0: I am so glad we are alive for this upcoming era of wrestling. There is so much great wrestling. And, you know, I hate this. This thought of you have to cheer for this company, boo this company, these guys succeed, these guys fail. Who the hell cares? We're fans of pro wrestling. I am a fan of professional wrestling as a whole. So I don't care if it's WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, it doesn't matter what company you are. If you're giving me good wrestling and it's a match that's going to be fun to watch for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, I will watch it. I don't care. Because I grew up, yeah, I was a WWE kid, and then I got into TNA very quickly, and then I got into mm-hmm. Ring of Honor, and then I got into New Japan. Like, it, it, you, you, I have such a diverse taste, I would like to think, in wrestling that I don't care where it is. If it's good, it's good, and if they're succeeding, mm-hmm. I'm happy. You know, There are yeah. days when things piss me off, case in point. We didn't talk yeah. about it in this episode, but the releases the other day, the timing was really poor. You just announced two major things that are going to net you billions of dollars. Maybe wait a little bit. Whatever. Those things piss me off. But that's business. You know, we, we could sit on this podcast for two hours probably and talk about that. But there's a lot of great wrestling out there right now. And it's so hard to keep up with it all, but I am so <clears> excited <throat> to try. Because at any given moment in time, I can turn on my TV and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, even though he can't show up for his own 25th anniversary special in Brooklyn, but that's another story. My God, don't get me
2: started. <laughs> don't get me started on Dwayne, man.
1: Dwayne,
0: could show up on a random SmackDown in Denver, Colorado, and then one week later, I'm watching Kenny Omega come save Chris Jericho from a beatdown by to K- Takeshda Tenos- and Sammy Guevara, and seeing Jericho and Omega on the same page in the ring. Amazing. And I'm yeah, seeing yeah. sting. And also, even, even
2: that, it's like you can see Adam Cole like a <clears start the throat> match with a fucking YouTuber.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> And you can see a guy who's literally a scumbag by every account get cheered louder than anybody on the show. He just main evented. He got the loudest pop of the night outside of Eddie Kingston in New York City. And he got a he's our scumbag chant because we love him for being a scumbag. Like what other profession can you say that about? You know, it's so amazing. And then you'll go to Japan, and who knows what they got going on over there? Because I'll be honest, I'm not as caught up with it. Yeah. But I know...
2: Uh, that... Right now, New Japan lore, uh, Naito's doing a little defending the briefcase for the main event. So it's going to be Naito versus Sonata, which is going to be great. Because just to catch all up on Japan lore, Sonata left Los Angeles earlier in the year. Became world champion beating Okada. Naito won the G1. And and even with Japan, you have so many new talent. Like, just... Um, coming up, like Yoda Suji, Yoda Umino, Ren Narita, Alex Copeland, G- Gabe Kidd. It's like, dude, wrestling is it's it's on an upward trajectory, and it's and it's honestly, especially after the really shitty couple of years before AEW, like 2018 in particular, it's just such a far cry from what it's become now, and it's just it's it's, it's just like, if not now, then what what are you doing with
0: your life? The landscape of professional wrestling has changed in such a great way. Like we got Wrestle Dream, Wrestle Dream coming up, right? This next AEW pay per view, brand new pay per view. I'm looking at this card that they're putting together, and my God, they're—it's just to them, it's another Sunday night where they're just putting on another show. To me, I'm like, what the hell are we doing here? Because this is amazing.
2: We Dude, CSJ versus Danielson. Yeah, I'm gonna have to buy it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just how it you is. You sold what is. me on just... the
0: first match you booked, and then the undercard. Looks great. like you there's going to be a 6-man tag team match. It is going to be Sammy Guevara, Konosuke Takeshita and Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho and Kota Ibushi. I mean the amount of talent in that match it's unbelievable. Darby and Christian Cage in a 2 out of 3 falls match. Statlander versus Hart. You're going to have uh, FTR's face in Aussie Open. I'm pro- uh, better than you, baby versus the righteous. Not every match can be great, but hey, it's better than you, baby. So I'll take it. You know, there's so much greatness. on Yeah. Show. Well, well, well hold on.
2: you forgot to mention Kingston versus Shibata. Bro. Kingston and Shibata, yeah.
0: Swerve Strickland and hangman page, which I am super invested in because I love Swerve Strickland. I love hangman page. You're putting them in a match together. I'm like, all right, you sold me. I'm ready. I'll buy the pay-per-view. I'll spend the 50 bucks. I don't and, care. And even, even like the
2: throwaway match for a future world title, you have the young bucks versus the guns versus the lucha brothers versus Orange Cassidy and Hook. Like, dude, That's say what you want about AEW, but they're firing on every single cylinder. I think the departure of CM Punk honestly was the base decision, you know.
0: Just, you, know, just, you, know. I, you know what it was, and I was at Grand Slam this week, and you can feel I the last time I was at an AEW show was Grand Slam last year, right after the whole brawl out situation. Actually, no, I was at full gear so. I've seen The last three shows I've been at, Grand Slam was right after Brawl Out, and people were kind of reeling from the fact that there was no Elite and there was no Punk, and it was kind of, kind of weird. Then, you know, we got to Full Gear, where I was there, and it was different because the Elite came back, Punk was hurt, you know, and things were kind of on the up and up. And then you hear all of this drama that's been going on backstage for the last few months, and yeah, of course, it's been terrible for the business, and you're taking away so much great stuff. We didn't even talk about it on this podcast, but the whole situation at Wembley in London for uh, between Punk and Jack Perry, it, it was all people were talking about coming out of the show. Meanwhile, Adam Cole and MJF had a banger of a main event that absolutely nobody was talking about because people were too busy on the bullshit. So coming out of Grand Slam this week, you know what people were talking about? Wrestling. Good Wrestling how MJF and Adam Cole are putting on probably the most enjoyable and emotionally investing story AEW has ever done and in probably one of the top three in, in the, the pro wrestling world as we speak along with the Judgment Day and the Bloodline, I'd say. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just and also
2: it's like, it, it's just, it's not even just that. It's just, it, there's just so much of it. It's, it's almost, over, almost overstimulating because we haven't even mentioned NXT and what they're doing down there. With like Ilya Dragunov, Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, basically just killing Von Wagner for fun, um, and it's like all that stuff going on there. It's like Ilya Dragunov, who by all accounts is the next big thing to come out of NXT, and it's like, dude, it's just so much, and it's and I love it. And we just put, especially because it's like everything now is like so accessible with your phones yeah.
1: and the computers and everything. You can just look it up, and it's fun,
0: right? I was gonna
1: say we're in a whole new like boom period for pro wrestling as a whole like fans should not be such I guess dipshits with it like we should just take it as it is and appreciate every single fucking show that goes on
2: Yeah live in the moment you can't you can't dwell on the things you can't change
0: we you know? spent two hours talking about Impact Wrestling tonight, right? I had never been to an Impact show live before. I had always wanted to when I was a kid, never got there. Then there was so much of those was a time where I never wanted to go. And so I got to go to two Impact tapings. And my God, mm-hmm. man, like I want to go back. I want to see more of what they're doing. I never would have imagined I would invest in Impact Plus, the streaming service for their their back back category of all their their, their video archives. Because, to me, Impact has not been worth it. Now, will there be a chunk of time that I probably skip over if I do go back and review things and rewatch things? Yeah. There was a time where I wasn't a big fan. Maybe I'll try and check things out, see if I can get into it. But Impact has changed the game. They have changed the game Mm -hmm. because they're not trying to be like WWE and AEW. They don't give a shit anymore. They want to do their own thing They're in their own little bubble with their guys and girls who are putting on great contests and great matches every single match. I mean, their X division now is new, but it's good new because the guys who are in that division had an Ultimate X match that I don't think was as, as highly regarded as people might ever look at it as. But seeing it live was insane. And Alan Angel's winning was not who I expected. So they're trying to build new stars. They're trying to create new characters that are going to be investable in. Hell, I'm the biggest fan of Joe Hendry. I'm wearing his shirt right now as we record it. And he is a big star to come for for Impact, I think. And guys Mm -hmm. like that, people who you've never heard of, who in five years might be much bigger than they ever were because of Impact Wrestling. There is so (laughs) much... Yeah, and even if you
2: look at, like, smaller indies, it's like, I know the Work Horsemen have, like, a match with coming up with FTR. The Work Horsemen got their name in Deadlock Pro Wrestling, which, if you aren't familiar with, is a North Carolina-based promotion that was created by people like us. You know, people who are, like, streamers, like New Legacy, Inc., Tony Pizza Guy, and CM Pulse. Like, it's great. And it's just, like, it's just... like, you just, it's its unpredictable nowadays. And, like, especially after so long, of just having to deal with the same malarkey and shenanigans week after week after week. It's like, we don't have that anymore. If you don't like it, don't watch it. And if you like it, watch it. it, it it's, it's awesome.
0: The culture of negativity needs to go away, man. It really does. Because what we're seeing now is so fun. If you really are a pro wrestling fan, then this is the time for us. This is our era to really get, a new generation of mega moments in every promotion because we are so used to, like you said, the same old standard bearer BS in WWE. And this is it, and this is all that there is, and we gotta just watch it, cause this is what you got. No, you know what you got? On Monday you got Monday Night Raw, but on Tuesday you got NXT, and then on Wednesday you got Dynamite. On Thursday you've got Impact, on fr- and, and Ring of Honor. On Friday you've got SmackDown, and then you probably got somebody's premium live event on Saturday or Sunday, because Impact's running one every few weeks, and AEW is gonna start adding more, and WWE's still doing twelve a year, and there's NXT specials going again. We got No Mercy coming up, which is gonna be main evented by Dragon off and Hayes and holy fuck that match is going to be great Like we yeah, it
2: was great the first time around it's, right, even better exactly. the second.
0: it's like there's just so much Becky Lynch is in NXT she's the NXT women's champion right now she's getting more eyes on that product than have been on that product in years they just peaked at over a million viewers on their last episode like she's yeah, bringing this- the numbers in and it's everywhere everywhere's numbers are up the overstimulation is not affecting people because we want more. We've wanted more for so long. Now we've got it and I'm I'm soaking it all in. I'm so behind on stuff. Matches I want to see, shows I want to watch. I still haven't watched all of all out from start to finish. And I wanted to because I heard it was a good show. I only watched the main event. Cassidy and Orange freaking Cassidy man deserves his flop. Oh,
2: don't, dude, they give him the strap, man. This
0: like
2: dude, like yeah, it's like, like, and even if you have complaints about his gimmick, which I can understand, it's 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 just, who else doesn't like him? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, he's someone who's still consistently over and put in banger after banger after banger, just lose to Moxley, who got injured by Randy <laughs> Phoenix, but still, not to discount his reign, it's just like, dude. It's hard. Cassidy man it's and, and hard. It is, and this is like and this is a guy who just wouldn't get over in WWE you know what oh, I yeah. mean and so it's like good oh, no, that, that there's a market not. yeah he just it is, there's a market for it now and I know I used to be very hypercritical of aew but there, like if people would just stop trying to be behind the scenes and just enjoy it for what it is the business and the industry would be a lot more positive
0: I care about I care. what happens in the ring. And if what you do in yeah. the ring, or at least as the TV product, I mean, obviously the, the promos, the segments, the vignettes, backstage stuff, all the stuff that goes into the product that they're putting out for the general public to consume, if you're giving me something that I can enjoy, that's my brand of wrestling, that I can sit there and say, I'm willing to give you 20 minutes of my time, which at this point in my life is a very valuable amount of time to give professional wrestling because of the amount yeah. of things that I've got going on. I'm sure we all got going on at this age. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It is so hard. But you know what? I'm ready and willing to do it. I'm ready, willing, and Gable. Shout out to my main man, Chad, who should win that Intercontinental Championship soon. Soon. Uh, I'm yeah, ready yeah. for it, you know? Like, I want more. And so I'm the type of person where The, it's the like, thing is, it's like,
2: it's like even if... It, it, what's, what's more? Easily, but the, what's most indicative about all of this is like if you ask anyone who are their top three wrestlers, you're more often than not going to get at least two different company different answers. You know what I mean? Like personally for me, my top three is Gunther, Dragunov, and Zack Sabre Jr. That's two different companies and three different brands. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just phenomenal.
0: For, for me, it's, it's Gunther, it's um, MJF, and it's Josh Alexander right now. It's yeah. three different companies and and i mean roman reigns would have been up there if this dude showed up but you know
2: yeah he's really on that Dwayne schedule bro let me tell you
0: well he's like cousin like cousin but yeah man it's great it's great i love wrestling (laughs) we i can sit here and talk about this shit all night yeah it's insane it is getting late here on the east coast so we're gonna have to wrap this up any other thoughts boys before we send them off
2: uh, never be afraid to be a fan. Ah, you
0: stole my catchphrase, dude. <laughs> Aha!
2: Aha! Jeff Jarrett goes over. <laughs> I just going to say
0: Jarrett's going over because he just, he just not ref bumped and stole my catchphrase. Oh, man. Well, I guess I got to be like Orange Cassidy. I do not have a catchphrase for today um yeah so thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the fans talk pro wrestling podcast we are as always very grateful and appreciative to all of our listeners and our viewers so thank you all very much again we hope you enjoyed this one we will be back again very very soon and uh yeah so thank you all have a great night and always remember to never be afraid to be a fan so long everyone